What's up, everybody? This is Drew, and I want to welcome you back to Learn How to See Better. It's the only podcast out there that will improve your vision the longer you listen. And for today, I want to talk about why I'm so adamant about accounting. Now, you might think it's just a dry subject or that accountants aren't the most exciting type of people. And hey, I'm not here to bash accountants and I'm not an accountant, but I've learned a lot from accountants and I wanna share some of these reasons why I get so adamant about accounting is because as an investor, a real estate investor specifically, and a business owner, I found that a good portion of my learning phases and my school of hard knocks, so to speak, happen to touch on areas of the business that deal with accounting and specifically one of five different areas within the realm of accounting that for most investors, I found at least two or more of these areas is missing as far as uh, strong points in your business that you want to be aware of and learn to look at differently so that you can start to make certain advancements in your business. So let's talk about these five. The first of which is funding. Yeah. What kind of funding are you going to be using to start your investments? What kind of funding starts your business? What kind of funding gets uh, your investments and your business initiatives off the ground? For me, when I was first getting started, guess what? I had a job and punching the clock, saving the dough. That was the strategy to make the investments go. And while that was well-intentioned and it was a very uh, possible way and a positive way to get some momentum built, uh, at the time, it was the only thing that I knew of uh, just keep working and saving up some money. And that would be the path to investing. But over time, I had my eyes open to really just the opportunity and the landscape when it has to do with how you look at um, the way businesses are funded, the way investments are funded. And some of them might have uh, the catchy hooks and titles that just pique your interest, but don't necessarily uh, give you what you're looking for as far as the, you know, nothing, nothing ventured, but everything gained type of scenario. I'm talking about situations where you can look at funding for your business that just might not be packaged in the traditional options available like walking into your bank and looking for an application and getting a loan. And so when I was introduced to uh, the fact that there are other lending options available, there's other sources available besides just your mattress money and the, the cash in your piggy bank or your savings account, uh, I realized that so many more opportunities were available. And granted, not all of these options are right for everyone, but when you recognize the fact that there are ways to, uh, you know, potentially leverage, you know, savings that are for a greater later in advance, right? To be able to access certain retirement accounts if you so elect and the situation is best for you to uh, be able to use as a part of your investment strategy to set you up for a stronger uh, later down the road. Now, obviously, some of these situations, you got to talk to uh, whoever gives you the best counsel in those uh, departments, but ask the questions, expand your mental landscape of what's possible for you based on what can be done in the arena of funding. Like I said, I shared you know early on, just working the job, punching the clock, saving the cash, that worked. But as we started to accumulate uh, multiple rental properties, we realized that, uh, yeah, you might have a great W-2 and a great credit score, uh, but the point of it is that... Um, you know, just trying to save up enough for the down payment, go to the bank, get a loan, save enough for the down payment, go to the bank, get a loan was going to be a process that, well, it was going to take a little bit longer than we wanted to uh, as it pertained to building out our rental portfolio. And so then once we knew and understood that, we had to take that into account and say, what are we going to do to make sure that we move at the right pace? How do we do things differently to unlock a little bit more velocity in our investing? 
And so with that, I would encourage uh, all of you that are looking at investing to just assess what your what your funding sources look like. For for some, it is just the savings of bank. Uh, for some, they might have you know um, you know retirement savings that they want to be able to access. For some, they've got the the rich uncle you know Tio Rico with a with a pile of cash laying around looking for the the great next new deal. Uh, and for for some of you, it may involve looking at other lending sources. You know, professional lenders that specifically look at. Uh, lending based on hard assets and they don't care so much uh, about you know the details of your credit score as the sole and single uh, source of your ability to repay so once we were aware or made aware of, of some of these different sources and uh, resources available it made us more resourceful to say wow there are a lot of options here and that made huge strides in our ability to have uh, fluidity in the pace uh, at which we moved if there was a market opportunity we could accelerate our acquisition based on that market opportunity and not necessarily how much cash we had saved up at the time you know one of my mentors taught me early on they said to you know exclusively use your own capital when it comes to business building and investing is actually lazy and at first that stung a little bit it seemed a little offensive but I recognized later in time what was intended uh, by that statement. It's just, you know, there's more effort involved with going out and finding out about these different uh, sources of capital, these different sources of, of funding for uh, prudent, uh, you know, business ventures and investments. So to actually get up off uh, your rear end and go learn about these things is where the effort comes from. And a real benefit uh, is you can essentially unlock the secrets to um, proper funding in your business. You know, there's a saying that, you know, what, nine out of 10 businesses fail in the first five years. And what we don't even tune in long enough to listen is the other part of that sentence that explains that, you know, the reason it is that they fail is the, the disproportionately large reason that these businesses are failing is because they're undercapitalized, which means they don't have sufficient funding. Now, the reason behind that, you know, gets into, you know, a lot more details beyond the scope of this, but just to make you aware of that to really drive this home, that funding is a key component of your success and having the right setup, the right, you know, capital structure when you're looking at your investments and how you're going to uh, acquire and fund those investments is a key piece of when you're getting started. And not everybody thinks that through, right? If you, if you can just buy the thing, then you're halfway there, right? Um, that's not really looking at the full picture of the funding. Uh, you might go, and, and buy a nice sports car like I've done in the past and then all of a sudden you looked up and, and gas was five dollars a gallon well if you didn't plan for that in your overall budgeting your funding of that project you might find that the the uh, experience with that uh, investment might be a little bit more turbulent than you planned right which as we talk about funding that actually leads into the next major pillar that I'd like to discuss here which is cash flow cash flow is the lifeblood of your business but not everyone's clear about cash flow I've shared in the past in my first investment, I had negative cash flow when I was seeking positive cash flow. But I really had uh, you know, a bad plan from the outset with regards to my marketing because I didn't know the market. Uh, but that's beyond the scope of discussion. Uh, what I want to point out here is the idea that negative cash flow is something that will really crater your business over time if you're if you're not careful and don't have an exit plan to rectify that situation. Uh, you know, case in point, luckily, even though that I had a negative cash flow situation in my first rental investment property, I was actually still actively investing to build a portfolio that had uh, an introduction of assets with positive cash flow that would actually help offset uh, that kind of weak link in the puzzle. And over time, uh, the situation uh, was rectified with the cash flow in that property. And then you all of a sudden had a stable full of winners, which is the most desirable uh, scenario. But when we think about cash flow, we don't always really look at what the cash flowing in is. Case in point, you might be charging $1,000 a month for rent on a property. That's what you've got coming in the door. But if there's a mortgage behind that, guess what? Some of that cash is going out to the mortgage uh, to pay for the loan. But even if I waved a magic wand and you own the property free and clear, guess what? 
there's taxes, there's insurance, there's upkeep to the property that you might need to think of, right? And some of those things are elements of your cash flow that you need to consider. Does the property have a pool and pool maintenance? Do you cover that? Does the tenant cover that? That's an element of the cash flow that has to deal with, you know, the overall success of the property, the condition of the property, the residents experience in the property. So if you want to continue to preserve that cash flow, you need to have an accurate picture of what your cash flow looks like. Uh, I had a friend of mine who had an inherited property and he was fortunate enough that, uh, you know, he, he owned, you know, as part of his ownership of the property, he enjoyed the cash flow. And uh, in this particular scenario, their, um, their friend or their relative was able to basically pick up the checks, right? And, and go do the legwork as far as the, uh, you know, accounting of picking up the cash from the residents. But uh, as you might imagine, Think of this, if that person's, you know, labor's picking up the check as the, the property manager, they collect their fee and then, uh, you know, pass on the remainder to their buddy or deposit the remainder in, in for their friend, guess what? Uh, what's the real picture of the cash flow, right? Is it that thousand a month or is it the thousand a month minus the part going into your friend's bank account for their services? You've really got to look at how you account for the total amount of money coming into the door, not just uh, the money coming in your bank account. So what is the true cash flow of your investments? And really be clear about that because as the saying goes, you can't go pro making a profit, but it, the opposite's not necessarily so true. How long can you survive negative cash flow if you've got it? Uh, you need some winners to run with you to offset that, or you need the ability to cut that loser out of the mix. So thinking about your cash flow is essential. And, you know, I've, I've the type that likes to be able to make this very easy. You know, what am I making? What am I paying? What's the leftover? It's as simple as that. Uh, there's, you know, ways you can go in and look to, you know, run these numbers by hand or have them memorized. I typically look to have uh, something simple like a calculator. Um, so if you're looking for a, a cash flow calculator, uh, I got one of those available for you, right? Check that out. Look for the link uh, to get access to a cash flow calculator, just as one of those simple free tools that can help you wrap your head around if you're looking at a investment or an opportunity to generate uh, income for you, does the thing cash flow? Just plug in a couple numbers into the calculator and let it work for you. So now that we've got a good picture on cash flow, let's talk about something else that people generally don't want to admit is a factor in your overall investment experience as a income property owner. That's the need for reserves, right? Let's just say, wave my magic wand, uh, your rent coming in is a thousand, your total obligations are 700, you got $300 a month cash flow coming in. A plus, well done, things are great, right? But what about when the instance happens where the big storm comes and the roof is leaking or the, the window's broken or the AC goes out and all of a sudden there's a comma check involved it with addressing an expense on the property? Well, unless you've got month after month after month after month of that $300 of positive cash flow building up for you, an expense that's very large, multiple thousands of dollars or even a thousand dollars, if you don't have the the, the funds built up through cash flow, then you need to have the funds available through reserves, which is just that extra pad of cash, that savings day, that, that rate, that savings, that rainy day stash that, that kind of helps you out because you know what, if the cash isn't in the, in the checking account, how are you going to get this thing paid for? Right. And if you really want your operations of your business to be self-sustaining, meaning the cash flow should pay for the expenses of the property, that's great. But what happens in the expense in the expense category when that expense is big? Do you have the cash to pay for it? Do you have some sort of reserve account? Uh, do you have a business credit card that can help uh, weather the storm? Or are you going to need to go infuse some of your own capital to make things right? Because imagine the heat goes out in the middle of winter in an icy, snowy place, or the AC goes out in the middle of the summer in a hot and sweaty place. There needs to be an ability to rectify that situation uh, with your residents, especially uh, in those extreme 
situations. So if the cash flow won't cover it, you need to have some reserves. So best practices tend to be things like three to six months of your expenses should be set aside for uh, your reserves, right? So if you've got, in this case, the $700 in all-in expenses for your property and you need three months, well, then $2,100 was the idea that you want to have additional sitting in the account, ready to go just in case you had an outage in the income category, you'd still be able to survive separate from that cash flow and whether any, um, you know, whether the basic expenses for three months. So simple math such as that, it doesn't mean it has to be a boatload of cash sitting around, uh, but it's that peace of mind capital. And obviously there's your property insurance that you can look at in situations where, you know, the roof caves in or something, you need a good neighbor to step in and, and uh, lend a helping hand uh, or sing a tune or do whatever they do to kind of help you out in those big situations. But understanding all that uh, is a part of the game because you wouldn't necessarily want to file a insurance claim over something that could have been handled out of cash flow with just a little bit or your reserves in this case with a little bit better planning. So give some consideration to that uh, and look at what some of those best practices are and how your operations stack up to that because setting yourself up for success out of the gate is going to be one of the things that helps prevent uh, real headache later. Let's talk about category number four. And this one goes with the fifth one, but I'm gonna talk about this first. It's the key area of the bookkeeping. It's the part that uh, we all know is a necessity. We all don't really feel like doing it. Keeping the receipts, tracking what was spent, which category it falls into. Uh, I'm adamant about this because there was a period of time where I wasn't all that crisp in how I handled this, or I would just stack the receipts up, throw them in the shoebox, and pass them off at the end of the year. And so much of that would work against me because there would be gaps in the information, uh, things that weren't, you know, maybe captured in time. Uh, you didn't go back and get that invoice from that someone you paid and now you don't have a receipt for that bigger expense that you need to explain. These simple best practices, if done over the course of, you know, a couple of times a month or, or multiple times throughout the year or on a monthly basis, something regular and consistent prevents this stressful situation at the end of the year where you have to go back and account for all of these expenses, what they were, where's the paperwork, and to introduce th that member, if it's not yourself, hopefully it's not yourself unless you've got an accounting background, to introduce that into your team is something that should be done sooner than later and is one of those expenses that ought to be treated as a, as a key necessity in making sure that you have accuracy, truth in the accounting in your business. And it has kind of a double effect here because guess what? When it comes time to handle uh, the details of your unique tax situation, you want to have solid books because the taxes is you're really just reporting what's happening and, uh, you know, paying your pound of flesh for, uh, you know, what you've done through the year from a tax standpoint. And um, having your bookkeeping on point is going to support a positive, successful, accurate uh, experience with your taxes. And in instances, if you put that off, ouch, ouch, uh, you don't want to find yourself in a scenario where you're you're doing the work that you might be above your head and above your pay grade uh, because you're maybe trying to uh, cut corners, save a few dollars on the expenses when it really makes the sense to uh, get the skills of a professional that lives and breathes this stuff and has a lot more enjoyment from doing it than you likely do as the business owner or investor because your skill sets are in finding the, uh, the great investments and running the business efficiently. So making sure that you really treat some of these areas with respect is part of the secret to just baking in good practices. No different than good hygiene is a good practices that's associated with good health uh, to go along with the other things. Some of these basic uh, areas of accounting are areas where we can look at not the whole ball of wax of accounting and say that's a big daunting area, but where, where might your soft spot be? Are there, are there 
Are there pieces of equipment in your business that you need? Are there advancements in your education that you need uh, that, that funding has to do with, right? Expanding your portfolio of, of rental properties in this example, but your funding structure isn't maybe the way you want it to be. Look at expand your horizon. There's so many more opportunities. The, the, the funds are out there. If it's a deal, the money will find it, right? Uh, so looking at your funding, understanding what your cash flow is like, is it healthy? Is it growing over time? Is it declining because of rising expenses? How can you adjust that? Uh, take advantage of, of things like cash flow calculators and be able to uh, really dial in on what your numbers look like so that you can start to create the reserves that you might need if you don't have them now and build yourself up to a point of uh, peace of mind uh, with those reserves in the event of unexpected expenses come up that are larger than normal. And as I've shared previously, the bookkeeping, the taxes, keeping those things on point makes life so much easier because if you have team members or personnel in place to make that road smooth for you, that's one less area that you have to learn and be an expert at. You've already got your magic skill set. You've already got your genius zone that you tend to operate in as an investor, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. So I'm adamant about the area of accounting because, you know, these these resources, um, not all the resources that you can use in-house uh, to just help you along the way have to uh, cost a fortune, many of which are free just to help you implement uh, some better ways to run your business uh, from an accounting standpoint. And then to also recognize that, you know, to get uh, qualified talent doesn't have to be such a, a daunting and unaffordable uh, type of expense. It's really an investment that you're making in the smooth operations of your business from a financial standpoint, because once you are able to better see the landscape, then you can make the more informed decisions that help put you on a path of progression and profitability so that you continue to prosper. So with that, uh, hopefully you found some good value in this. Understand why I'm so adamant about accounting, uh, how we can all do a little bit more to level up in those areas of our business just to make our businesses uh, more healthy uh, from a financial standpoint. It's one of those uh, fiduciary responsibilities, so to speak. Uh, so don't forget to check out a couple of resources that I mentioned throughout this talk and take an advantage of those. You'll see those in the link below. And I can't wait to catch you on the next episode of Learn How to See Better. It's the only podcast that'll improve your vision the longer you listen. Thanks.